Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Right off the top, like and subscribe. We love you at YouTube. You guys are blowing up our traffic in a fantastic way. In fact, March was the second best month in Outkick history. This will be up in all the trades and all the data and everything else. Number one all time for time spent on the site couple of data points for you. Uh, there'll be a lot more that are out there. Web audience up 290% over last March. Video views up 1,495% over last March. Uh, Fox will have a PR release. Uh, that is Google Analytics data uh, for all of you in March. Message, the lesson, the story there, quite succinctly. Outkick is dominating. And it's because of you guys, because there's a desperate demand for sanity in an insane world, and we are serving it. Uh, tonight, want to give you some gambling picks. Uh, I'll get into what happened in the women's uh, championship game yesterday. Uh, Going to talk about Trump turning himself in tomorrow in New York City. Chinese spy balloon, WWE, UFC merging. Still don't have the uh, Nashville Shooters Manifesto, uh, Bud Light, ridiculous decision for them, but I am on UConn minus seven and a half tonight. UConn minus seven and a half. They've won almost every game by 20 or more points. They have dominated throughout the course of the final four. I think they will beat San Diego State comfortably. I've got UConn minus seven and a half tonight. If I had to do the over-under I would probably go over 132 and a half as well. So I'll take UConn. I'll take the over 132 and a half. Personally, I would rather see San Diego State win because I think it's a better story them coming out of nowhere to win as opposed to UConn winning what feels like, I don't know, their fourth, fifth title uh, in the past 20 years or so. Uh, they have been very good in March Madness, no matter who the coach is. Uh, but uh, UConn, substantial favorite tonight. I think they get out there and cover. Uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the ending of Iowa LSU, in particular, the trash talk from Angel Reese against Caitlin Clark, the John Cena, you can't see me, uh, the cursing, following her all over the basketball court. To me, easy technical foul, right? You should call a technical foul in that situation. It's a no-brainer. It went on a long time. It was excessive. It was clearly taunting. It should have been called a technical foul, right? Uh, and I say this as someone who watches men's college basketball all the time and also Watched a decent amount of that game yesterday. They called Caitlin Clark a technical foul for rolling the ball behind her back. I did not think it was a well-officiated game. Frankly, when I saw in the Final Four, uh, when I watched Iowa play against South Carolina, that 
one of the officials was still wearing a mask. I said, I can't trust any decision that you're making because you're wearing a mask three years after COVID started while indoors calling a basketball game, pulling down your mask to blow the whistle occasionally. What kind of sham official are you anyway? So it should have been a technical foul call. I don't have any issue with uh, trash talk in general. And some people say, well, Caitlin Clark was trash talking against Louisville. And so it's not similar, right? A momentary trash talk is not similar to walking around on the court for prolonged periods of time directly trash talking. Should have been a technical foul. I coach Little League basketball, right? Uh, I have coached a lot of Little League basketball games. I would have pulled my player off the court if when we were, spoiler alert, winning championships, and we did, in Williamson County, Tennessee, if one of my players had been trash-talking like this to another player, even if the player had trash-talked to them earlier, I would have pulled them out of the game. I would have told them to knock it off. That's me as a coach. So I'm speaking directly as to what I'm going to do. Unfortunately, and you know this always happens, this immediately became a race-based decision, right? Caitlin Clark is white. Angel Reese is black. So all of the usual race-baiting suspects rushed out to try to argue, oh, the reason why Angel Reese is being treated differently is because she's black and Caitlin Clark is white. No, that's not the reason. It's because Angel Reese's trash talk was far more excessive than what Caitlin Clark did. And I put it on the officials because if they had just teed her up, it wouldn't have mattered, right? The game was already decided, but it would have sent the message, this isn't appropriate to do. I think it's probably good for women's basketball overall because everybody has an opinion on the trash talk. And anytime people have an opinion pro or con, it's the best advertising you can get. Like, I don't know how many of you pay attention to this, but there are people online, this may stun you, who do not like me. And when those people do not like me, some people lose their mind. They're like, oh my God, somebody wrote a negative story about me. I welcome negative stories. It's the best possible advertising. I've been saying this for my entire career. Since I started writing on two th- back in 2004, there is no better publicity than somebody deciding that they hate you that has a decent audience. It's the truth, right? And let me explain what I mean by that. People think, oh, every time I tweet, because Clay Travis has an opinion, I hate him, I'm going to write this article. They think everybody's going to agree with him. That's generally not the case. In fact, Most of the time, even if most people agree with you, it's like 70-30, right? 70% of people agree with you, 30% disagree. And what I have found time after time after time is a lot of people who love me initially found me because they hated me. Somebody said, I hate Clay Travis. Can you believe he said X or Y? And they said, no, no way. And then they went and they read something that I wrote or they listen to a clip, or they watch this show, and they might have agreed or disagreed with my opinion on that particular issue. And then over time, I've always said, I'm like Moss, man. I grow on you. If you listen long enough, you recognize there is consistency in my opinions, which is rare in sports. And while you might not agree or disagree with everything that I say, there's a consistent logic to it. And most people in sports media are not smart enough to have a consistent logic, right? They just kind of pull opinions left and right out of the air. And when you go look at them, you're like, wait a minute, that's the exact opposite of what you said prior. I am consistent whether you like my opinions or not. And that consistency over time is how we built massive audiences. 
And even the other thing is the people who attack me are typically not very smart. Like I've never had a critic who had a fraction of my intelligence. And I would welcome it because if there were people out there who hated me and they were like really smart, then I would say, okay, this is an interesting angle. But everybody who attacks me by and large is not very smart. And so they don't even levy very good attacks. And I'll give you an example. Deadspin had a article up about me. I guess this was on Friday. And the only reason I see most of these articles is because uh, the Fox team has alerts set up because a lot of Fox people get attacked so frequently. So like they'll email me and be like, oh, Media Matters has a new story out where they say X or they say Y. And it's really just kind of monitoring the attack. So I didn't even know this story existed until I got that uh, alert from inside of Fox. And the headline from Deadspin was, Clay Travis is using a school shooting to promote transphobia. And then the subheadline is, I guess we shouldn't expect anything less from a hateful, bigoted conspiracy theorist. That's the open, right? And I was like, okay, well, let me go read this thing. And there's even a headline, and it has a picture of me next to, uh, next to a black guy. And the headline says, I have a sneaking suspicion Clay Travis on the right. They had a picture of me, like, in case you're wondering, giving a uh, fist pound to, I believe it's Delano Squires. I don't know him great, but I've done his show before. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion Clay Travis doesn't like black people either. Okay, so I'm both a hateful, bigoted conspiracy theorist. I also hate black people. That's what Deadspin says. And then here's a legit paragraph from the story. And I read this stuff and I can't help but laugh. As far as I know, this is a direct quote from the hit piece. As far as I know, Travis, a right-wing nut job, doesn't own any slaves. That's the opening of a paragraph. As far as I know, Travis, a right-wing nut job, doesn't own any slaves, so that's certainly an advantage he has over the founding fathers. As far as they know, this is a direct quote, as far as they know, I don't own slaves. Not I don't own slaves, right? Which would be kind of easy, clearly. I don't think anybody in America owns slaves. Just going to toss it out there. But they didn't even say I don't own slaves. As far as this guy knows, I don't own slaves, which is certainly an advantage over the Founding Fathers. I appreciate that because the Founding Fathers are amazing. They are incredible. They are the greatest humans who have ever existed in the history of our country. So the fact that you're giving me credit for anything over the Founding Fathers is an enormous compliment. So thank you. That's opening sentence. He is also not a raging dictator like Vladimir Putin, who has helped to destabilize the world economy by invading a neighboring country. So I don't own slaves, and I'm not a dictator invading foreign countries. Two points of pride. Travis's power, I'm reading from Deadspin, is his influence. Unlike the slave owners, those awful founding fathers, and Vladimir Putin invading dictators. My power is my influence. He is a well-known media personality who is also a huckster. What his disingenuousness does have in common, though, with the founding fathers and Putin, 
were circling back to me being a racist, slaveholding, founding father, and a dictatorial uh, invader. What his disingenuous does have in common, though, with the founding fathers in Putin is that he does have cause real harm. What do I cause real harm with? My opinions. My opinions are causing real harm. All of you out there cannot handle my words. They are like dictators who invade foreign countries. They are like owning slaves. My words are so powerful that all of you must tremble at the idea that I would speak aloud what I believe because my power is so overwhelming that none of you and your pathetic, lame brains can even manage to hear my words without being overridden by their power and their negative country-invading and slave-holding-like impact. I mean, come on. This is what Deadspin wrote on Friday. Now, look, I, I am a First Amendment guy, so I laugh off this ridiculousness, right? Some people out there say, man, I don't know how you handle this. I'm unique. Maybe it's a character flaw. If 10 people say something awful and one person says something nice, I remember the nice thing. But also, I've said this, and I would, I would encourage all of you out there to keep this in mind, too. A lot of people worry about things they can't control, right? I live in a house with three boys, 15, 12, and 8, and one wife, right? I am responsible as the head of the household, which my wife would probably dispute that I'm even the head of the household, but let's pretend that I am. I am responsible for five people inside of my home. I'm responsible for trying to raise my boys to be the best humans that they can be. And I'm responsible for trying, trying to be as decent of a husband as I can be. Everything else is external noise. Now, I work from home. I'm in my house right now. I just did the biggest radio show in the country. I'm running one of the fastest growing websites in the country. But ultimately, I'm not in charge of that. That's just something that I do. I'm in charge of my house. And I'm in charge of the people there trying to make them as happy as I can, right? All of the other stuff is just external noise. It really doesn't impact me. But I do think it's interesting the way that you get attacked when people decide that they don't like your opinions. This thing didn't really attack my opinions, right? Just attack me personally. And what are they attacking me personally for saying? I believe that biology is real and that men are men and women are women and there's a difference between the two. I believe that men should compete against men in athletics and women should compete against women in athletics. Like I'm always called controversial, but when you actually listen to all my opinions... They're not remotely controversial. What I do is judge individuals not based on their identity, but based on their individuality. And what has happened in sports media and why OutKick is being so successful is sports media has been taken over by identity politics. A lot of people make their decision about what they think about Caitlin Clark or Angel Reese based on their identity. Caitlin Clark's a white girl. Angel Reese is a black girl, right? I don't really care. I am less interested in the things that you do not control. I'm a white guy. 
doesn't matter what else I wanted to be. I was born a white guy. I can't ever change that, right? I don't believe that I could change my gender. I could decide to dress different and pretend to be somebody else. But that wouldn't change my gender. I certainly can't change my race. I am what I am. You shouldn't judge my opinions based on the fact that I'm a white guy. That actually would be racist of you. You should judge my opinions based on whether you think the opinions are good or bad. If you make a decision to support or not support someone based on their race or gender, that makes you sexist and it makes you racist. What we have created is a world in this 21st century now where everything is identity politics laden. And so people just line up and defend based on identity as opposed to action. And that is everything I think that's wrong with America today. Because Lady Justice is blind. What we should do is look at individual acts and judge them irrespective of the race involved. What we do in a Democrat left-wing woke society is create an identity politics laden oppression Olympics where we decide, oh, a black trans woman is the most oppressed. I'm just tossing out. I don't even know what the very apex of victimization in America would be today, but I would probably guess that it would be like a black trans man, woman. I don't know, maybe. And the oppressor would always be a white man, right? This is the theory of victimization culture that has taken root in our woke universe. White men are the root of all evil. Everything that I do as a white man is oppress. And now I'm a rich white dude. I make jokes sometimes. I picked the worst time to be a rich white dude of all time. My grandfather, eighth grade dropout from coal country, worked in coal mines, dropped out of school. Literally, I'm named after him. Muhlenberg County, Kentucky, eighth grade education, poor white dude, dirt floor background, no shoes. He's everything that's wrong with America. The fact that he went and worked his entire life in a DuPont factory and worked and had enough success so that my dad could go to college and that his grandson could get filthy rich. White men are evil. My grandfather didn't go to college, delivered ice in Chattanooga for a living. He's awful and evil too. Went bankrupt working at a lumber company. Doesn't matter. He's awful and evil. fact that my own dad never made $50,000 in a year in his entire life. Busted his ass to work for the state of Tennessee. He's evil. He's a white man. I suddenly get rich. White guys, man, they're awesome. Now we're the worst human beings who have ever existed. And God forbid you be a rich white guy. Well, why should you judge me based on anything other than my opinions? You shouldn't. You shouldn't judge any person in America on anything other than their opinions. Or, as Martin Luther King Jr. himself said it, on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But what we've created is an oppression Olympics where people who have never been oppressed, where people who have never been treated unfairly, are somehow deserving of special treatment 
because of their race and gender. And the analogy I would make is, historically, long before I was born, the Travises have been poor for a long time till me, all right? Long before I was born, when you gave an opinion, what do they call it? The divine right of kings. Whatever a king said had to be true. And that's why, if you look and read history, the king would always say before he delivered his opinion as the ninth earl of, uh, you know, I don't know, Sussex, who is the 46th knight of the round table of Canterbury, and as the 742nd sovereign king of England, I say as follows, the divine right of kings. The title justified the opinion. How often do you hear someone say on television today, as a gay black woman, I believe. Why should I care that you're a gay black woman? Why should that influence my life at all? You give your opinion, I'll decide whether or not I believe it. See, sports has been taken over. Go look at all the reaction to Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese. It's all surface level race-based stupidity, right? Identity politics taking over sports. Well, here's the deal. Sports is about the meritocracy. It's a refutation of identity politics. The best man or woman should win regardless of the race, gender, what your daddy or your mommy did, what your granddaddy or your grandmommy did. It doesn't matter. It's all about you. You are the key to your success or failure. You are the individual who determines what your life path will be. Not what somebody did 200 years ago. Not what somebody did two years ago. What you do today. And ask yourself, why are so many people threatened by that? By me saying to my kids, and I try to say it every day, the only hand you can rely on is the one at the end of your sleeve. Own your own individual excellence or failure. Put your own life on the line based on your own individual success or failure. Not based upon what somebody did 200 years ago. Not based upon what somebody did two years ago. Not based upon what somebody did two months ago. Very few people out there in public have more nasty things said about them in the last 20 years than me. It's the truth. Very few people. I just read one of them. Very few people have had nastier things. Almost no one in sports media has had nastier things written about him and said about him in the last 20 years than me. Do you know what all those voices had in terms of impact on my life? Zero. Because when you give agency to people who attack you and allow them to change the way that you think you are giving them power over you. I don't want anyone to have power over me. I am the master of my ship. I'm the captain. Why would I allow you to try to define me? And maybe what's unique about me, and I say it in the context of this John Feinstein thing, is I am willing and able 
to take a massive amount of attack delivered daily for almost 20 years based on what I say and what I do. And I come through on the other side and they have no impact on me. And I think about that because I don't know how many of you saw John Feinstein. John Feinstein wrote a stupid column in the Washington Post, a newspaper I used to love when I was in college at George Washington. He wrote a stupid column saying, I'm not going to Texas because I don't like the way that the NCAA responded to Uvalde. And as a result, I'm boycotting the Final Four. First of all, it's incredibly, incredibly self-centered to decide to stage a personal boycott when you are a sports media member. Because what it presumes is that your physical appearance matters at all to the sport itself. But it doesn't, John Feinstein. But when he got called out on this, eventually he ended up responding for days to people who were responding. We wrote about it at OutKick. And eventually he ended up saying, I want the full Second Amendment repealed. I want the government to seize all guns. That's an opinion. I welcome John Feinstein's ability and willingness to share whatever opinion he has. But it's an arrogant take, right? Because he is attacking everyone who has allowed him to have a living, by and large, in the world of sports. Because most sports fans, let's say everyone, the vast majority of sports fans don't believe in boycotting sporting events because of external political factors. And they certainly don't believe that every gun should be seized. I mean, that's probably 20%, maybe, of sports fans. And yet, John Feinstein lectured everybody, got upset when many people in the OutKick audience responded to him and pushed back against the arguments that he was making. Well, that's the First Amendment. It's a marketplace of ideas. I put out an opinion. Tons of people can react to it. They can say whatever they want. You have to be willing to live in the fire. You have to be willing to live in the arena. You have to be willing to take the slings and arrows oftentimes delivered in an unfair manner, in order to really stand up for what you believe in. And if you are willing to do that, what you will find is, over time, the public will respond very favorably to you. Because most people believe in the marketplace of ideas. Most people believe that you should be able to share your opinion without being concerned about losing your job or being canceled. And most people in America don't believe your identity should define what you have to believe. Maybe I'm radical in this respect. I actually think the identity is the least interesting part of any person because it's the one thing you don't choose, right? Whatever you are born, if you are an Asian woman and you are watching me right now, and there may well be some Asian women out there, you didn't choose to be an Asian woman. You being an Asian woman is the least interesting part of your personality to me. Your identity is not defined by your sex and your race. Shouldn't be. Certainly not in America in the 21st century. You, as the captain of your ship, as the master of your future, get to make choices that define what you are and who you will be as a person in this country. And that, to me, is the essence of the American dream. Um... A lot of other stories that I want to get into, but I think that one was important. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And let me just say this too. So Bud Light came out with a ridiculous, I'm going to hold this up because this, I own a beer company now. I don't know how many of you know this. I own Gratis, uh, Gratis, uh, me, Jay Cutler, Jason Shear, several people. We've got a beer company. It's a really good beer. Uh, Bud Light came out and said that they wanted to endorse this fake woman as a spokesperson for their brand. And this chick is actually a dude, has only been a woman for one year and basically has become really popular on social media for being a woman, even though it's a dude pretending to be a woman. And my question for all of you out there, I haven't seen this question asked. I haven't even seen it debated. Why are trans men who decide to become women celebrities and almost no one knows women who decide to become men? Let me repeat that because it's. It, I think a lot of you are going to sit back and say, well, this is interesting. Men who decide to become women are overwhelmingly famous, right? If you had to pick trans celebrities, like the 100 most famous trans celebrities would all be men who decide to become women. Women who decide to become men, almost no one knows them. Almost no one is aware that they hardly even exist. Why is that? I think women bear the blame for making fake women celebrities. Even though these women engage, and I use women in quotation marks, in stereotypically ridiculous female fashion, much like, to be fair, people who decide uh, to wear blackface back in the day did, right? I think woman face is a thing. I think it is worth discussing. Um, And if you break this down, men, I think, don't pay a lot of attention to women becoming men because they can't make sports teams. They aren't, by and large, big, strong, and fast. Men idolize as a sex, right? Men who tend to be bigger, stronger, and faster than the average man, right? There's a reason why athletes are so popular. They tend to be hyper-masculine, bigger, stronger, faster than most men. There's a reason why WrestleMania, and I'm going to get to WWE, there are not tiny, feminized men who are engaging in wrestling, right? It's alpha men, big, strong, muscular dudes competing. Special ops, if you're in the military or you are a police officer, you idolize probably the men who are the baddest ass involved in special ops, the door kickers, the alpha males, the Navy SEALs of the world. Men even, if you watch what we watch on television, overwhelmingly index to watch badass dudes, right? Men, if they watch television want bigger, stronger, faster, badder-ass dudes. Women who identify as men are none of those things. So it isn't possible for a small, 
wispy woman who decides to identify as a man to establish male values. And so for the most part, men just ignore women who become men, right? Just, there aren't any famous ones. They almost don't exist. And like the only one I can even think of is that Ellen Page who decided to become Elliot Page. And basically, that dude's acting career vanished because Juno is a pretty good movie, wasn't it? Back in the day, Juno's pretty good. Ellen Page, kind of a cute chick, right? If you remember, Elliot Page, tiny little dude. Nobody's like, oh my God, I got to hang out. Got to go date this tiny little dude. Like short, bald men have trouble, even if they're real dudes, right? There's no like, oh, hyper-masculinity associated with that. Men just mostly ignore it. Why do women, this is a good question for women. I would love to hear the answer. Why do women treat men pretending to be women as worthy of their praise and their commendation? They aren't women. They're pretending to be women. It should be offensive to women that a dude could become a woman and become a women's champion almost overnight. Why in the world would you not be offended if you're a woman by a dude getting named woman of the year? You aren't a woman. There are no men that used to be women being named man of the year. Men wouldn't stand for it. And so I look at this and and I wonder, what is it about women that's making them tolerate these kind of absurdities? I mean, this fake chick went to the White House and interviewed Joe Biden. Most long-working women, that is actual female journalists, don't get to go to the White House and, and, and interview the President of the United States. How is that not a man taking away a, women's, a woman's opportunity? Are women afraid of not being considered tolerant enough? I think it ties in on so many different levels. It's really a conversation that women need to have themselves about allowing fake women to be in the vanguard of defining what women are. We don't allow this in racial dynamics, right? Someone who is not black, leaving aside Sean King, by and large, people who are not black don't suddenly get to define what being black in America means. People who are not Asian don't get to decide what being Asian in America is, Hispanic, white, whatever. So why do we allow fake women, that is dudes, who have been men for their whole lives to suddenly take on all of the permutations and performative aspects of being a woman? Oh, I like wearing heels. Oh, I like wearing pink. Oh, I'm a girl. Ha, 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 look at me. I like putting on makeup. And I've got to shave my leg. Like, this is a sham. And that's why I say it's akin to blackface because it is, blackface was so offensive because it was an outrageous racial stereotype designed to demean black people that white people were involved in. How is woman face any different? I just think it's worth contemplating. And why in the world would a beer decide that they believe that their audience wants fake women 
to be endorsing it. You can say, well, you're talking about it. Yeah, but it's not good for the brand. There's, there's no different. For me, people talking about my opinions, that is the brand. I'm not going to drink the beer that tells me that a fake woman should be the spokesperson. I'll choose another beer. <laughs> I'll choose my own beer. Gratis. Encourage you guys to do so as well. Uh, Trump's turning himself in on Tuesday. Tomorrow's going to be a crazy day. Tomorrow's going to be a crazy day, but I just want you to think about this one aspect of this. We haven't seen the full indictment, so I'll read the indictment when it officially comes down, when it's released. But the one calling card here that I want you to think about is, I have studied federal election law, right? Putting my lawyer hat on here. I have studied federal election law, And federal election law, as it pertains to campaign finance violations, is primarily designed to keep candidates from taking money that was given to them to run for office and using it for their own personal benefit, right? So if you are running, let's say, for governor, or let's make it a federal office, let's say you're running for Senate, okay? And you raise $10 million to run for the Senate. As part of that $10 million, you can't go buy yourself a Lamborghini or a Ferrari and drive it around and say, oh, this is for the campaign, right? You can't use campaign funds for personal purchases. That's a generalized rule, right? It can get complicated. General rule, you can't enrich yourself with the money that you raise to run for public office. Think about what's going on here with what Alvin Bragg is doing. Donald Trump paid his own money to this, allegedly, to Stormy Daniels and maybe Karen McDougal. Potentially $130,000 to Stormy Daniels, $150,000 to Karen McDougal. And he did that to prevent their stories from going public, but he ultimately paid his own money. Okay? His own money, $280,000. How is that a campaign finance violation? Because what would seem to be applied here is Trump could not have paid that money, certainly with campaign dollars, right? He couldn't have used $280,000 that he raised for you or me to run for president and use that money to pay purely personal uh, settlement funds to Karen McDougal and... Stormy Daniels. That would be a federal election violation. So if he couldn't use campaign finance funds to do it, how is it also a violation if he uses his own money to do it? How was Trump, under the Alvin Bragg scenario, supposed to pay for these private settlements if he couldn't use campaign funds, and he didn't, that would be a clear federal election violation, How was he supposed to pay for it if he also couldn't use his own money because that's a federal election violation too? What you seem to be arguing here is there was no method by which Donald Trump could pay these women to sign non-disclosure agreements and remain silent without violating federal election law. So again, I would love to hear the theory of what exactly is going on there And I don't hear a lot of people asking this question, but it is a really interesting question. 
if it's a violation to pay with campaign funds and it's a violation to pay with his own funds, how is Donald Trump supposed to pay these women legally and not have it be considered a campaign violation? Um, WWE, I love this. WWE and the UFC are merging. News came out Sunday. I watched WrestleMania over the weekend with my boys. Very good show out in L.A. Back-to-back days, Saturday and Sunday from SoFi Stadium. I have been arguing for years and years that the key to sports is owning everything. The, the, The business and the distribution. And let me explain what I mean by that. Right now... The reason why I believe the regional sports networks are collapsing and why I believe ESPN might well collapse in the years ahead is because they are the middleman. They don't own anything. They just rent programming, put it on, and then make money as the middleman. We are in an era where all that matters is owning your actual content. The reason why I've been a WWE shareholder for a decade or more and the reason why I loved Endeavor's buy of UFC is they own the entire thing. The UFC and the WWE, to me, paired together is going to create incredible synergies. Maybe they decide as a 20-plus billion dollar company to go out and become the face of boxing. Right, That would be an easy outgrowth of UFC and WWE to basically put all combat under the same roof. Maybe they decide, hey, now that we're a $20 billion company, let's also go roll up sports gambling. And we're going to own our own sports gambling company. Maybe they decide, hey, let's go buy ESPN or Fox Sports. I don't think they will. But it's a potential when you look at being able to get to $20 billion in size. We're talking about a company that's as big as Paramount. Maybe they decide to buy uh, Paramount. I don't know. Maybe they decide to buy all of Fox. I don't know what the next iteration is. But when you get to the size of $20 billion, you are a major player going forward. Maybe they merge with Fanatics. What is key is they own the entirety of the UFC and the entirety of the WWE. And when you own the entire league, that is where you create massive opportunities going forward. Maybe you start your own streaming network. Maybe you take away your programming from ESPN+. Maybe you take away your programming from some of these other sources and start to create a dynamic, incredibly valuable brand going forward. I will be a shareholder in the UFC and WWE going forward, I can guarantee you, and I am super intrigued to see what they are able to build in their next legacy. Finally, closing it out, I'll probably talk about this some tomorrow, NBC is reporting that the Chinese spy balloon that floated across our entire country from Alaska before leaving off the Carolina coast, gleaned a substantial amount of data for the Chinese. This is in direct contravention to what the Biden administration said, which was the Chinese spy balloon did not have any lasting substantial impact. Um, It's yet another failure of the Biden administration. 
And no matter who the Republican nominee is in 2024, we have got to get Joe Biden out of office. He cannot remain there. He is a disaster with everything that he touches. All right. I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been Outkick the Show. Appreciate all the support. Thank you for making March the second greatest month ever in terms of Outkick readership, the greatest ever in terms of amount of time spent on the site. I love all of you. This, as always, has been Outkick the Show.